You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Manchester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. So we're talking, you know, through this December season, we're talking through the Nativity about, you know, the birth of Jesus Christ and what the birth of Jesus means to each and every one of us. It truly is a remarkable thing. It's a remarkable account because what took place 2,000 years ago has affected all of our lives. The global history has changed for every country, every continent, every culture, because God came from heaven 2,000 years ago and He walked the earth. It's an incredible thing. And today what we've done is we've seen a little bit of the Judean desert. The road that Mary and Joseph would have taken in order to get to Bethlehem, in order for Jesus to be born. Two years ago in February, Pastor Mark Foster and myself and some of the team, we walked in the footsteps of Jesus and we walked through the Judean desert. And I gotta be honest that even though I've been reading the Bible for most of my life, And even though I know of people who've lived in Israel and been there on many occasions, I never really realised that actually Israel could get so cold. We took jumpers, hoodies, we took uh, long sleeve shirts, etc. But we just simply weren't warm enough even while we were walking. And as Chip just mentioned on screen a moment ago, that Mary and Joseph were walking through the Judean desert during the wet season, it would have been freezing at night. Now friends, when we say freezing, we mean freezing, absolutely ice cold. And here's the journey that Joseph and Mary took Jesus, this unborn Jesus, the Son of God, on the wo- in the womb to in order for this baby to be born. Remember friends, the reason Jesus was to be born in Bethlehem was because thousands of years earlier, it was prophesied that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. But when it came to Mary and Joseph and Mary being pregnant, God had a problem. And the problem was this, Joseph and Mary lived in Nazareth. And yet prophecy said that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. So when we read our Gospel account, we read that the governor decided to make a census that everybody should go back to their hometowns in order to register. And so the history books tell us that because of Joseph and Mary's line, they had to go back towards Bethlehem because that's where they were from. And it just so happened, the Bible says, literally as luck would have it, As it came time for the baby to be born, they were in Bethlehem. I love that story. I love it so much. I'll tell you why I love it so much. It's because God is so committed to His plans and purposes for your life that He will have the entire world moving to make sure that you are the right person in the right place at the right time. 
Now, I don't know if you know why you're here today, but I know why you're here. It's because God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. In fact, before you were in your mother's womb, God knew you. And while God was knitting you together in your mother's womb, God had a plan for you. And that plan meant getting you from where you were to here. Give me a wave if you weren't born in Manchester. Look around everybody. You thought you were here because of a job. You thought you were here because of, any, of a relationship. You thought you were here because of study. No, you're here because God is committed to moving the world to make sure you're the right person in the right place at the right time. Come on, we should be giving God thanks for this. Come on, church. He is so, he is so committed to you. Mary, He's so committed to you and to what you do that you've got a King's Award. That's how God is committed to you. You know, and that's what we see here in the Bible. God is so, so committed. Can I have some more fallback, please? That would be amazing. He's so committed to you in this. Now, here's the thing, right? And we know what this is like. We all know what it's like to be on a journey that's difficult. You know, we look at Mary and Joseph here and the journey they took 80 miles to get to Bethlehem where the baby Jesus would be born. I know I've told you this on numerous occasions, but on two, two occasions, I've done two motorbike tours of Mongolia. The first one was through the Gobi Desert, going up to the Chinese border, and riding through Mongolia was fun, it was enjoyable, but the three days that we spent in the Gobi Desert was horrible. I mean, it was 49 degrees Celsius, and we're in a desert. And not only do we have the air temperature of 49 degrees, but we have the reflection of the sun from the sand. We're wearing our motorbike gear and we have the heat of the engines. It was horrible. It was so, so hot. But I gotta tell you, the destination made the journey worth it. The destination was what it was all about. And I think that today in society, we do have a belief we do have this idea that comfort and convenience is the goal. But the challenge is this, is that with any journey, there's difficulty on the road. And if we give up on the journey, then we may not make it to our stable of miracles. And so really the lesson that Joseph and Mary through the Judean desert gives us is this, don't give up on the journey. Don't allow what you see to limit you. Don't allow what you see to take your eye off the horizon because the God who called you, He's the God who promises. He's the God who can fulfill in Jesus' Name. So just to make it really simple on this Sunday morning, how do we navigate the journey? How do we navigate this journey that we all find ourselves on? And what lessons can we learn from Joseph and Mary here in Scripture. The first thing, and I believe this is so important is this, is it's important to get a word from God. To get a word from God. Because there is nothing worse than being on a journey and forgetting why you're on it. Like I did two weeks ago, going on mission to Athens with some of the team, some of you who came. 
I was upstairs packing my bag and while I was upstairs, I remembered I needed to go downstairs to get something for my bag. And so I went downstairs to a little travel box that I've got and I went downstairs, but when I got downstairs, I got at the bottom of the stairs and I thought, why am I here? You ever had that? And I, I, I walked into the kitchen, I walked into the lounge, I walked into my office and I thought, I, I can't remember why I'm here. But then I saw something, I thought, oh, I might need that. So I picked it up, I ran back upstairs, I put it in my case and when I got to my case, I thought, now I remember why I went downstairs. You know what I did? I ran downstairs and guess what happened? Twice. I'm like, now, I don't know if you call that, you know, um, COVID fog, uh, you call it a seniors moment. Uh, I don't know if, if, if it's the onset of, uh, I don't know what it is, but all I know is this, I went on some journeys and I forgot why I was there. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that Mary and Joseph didn't forget why they were doing what they were doing. That the reason they did what they did is because in Luke chapter one, the angel said, Mary, don't be afraid. You have found favour with God. See, you are to become a mother and have a son. You are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High God. And I can honestly say to you, church, that personally speaking, for Sophie and myself, that there have been difficult times on the journey of life, there's been difficult times on the journey of ministry. Sophie and I, just this week, uh, we're about to celebrate 27 years of marriage. How good is that? She needs a bigger round of applause than that. But you know what they say in marriage counselling 101 is this, is in the difficult times, hey, Glenn, don't forget why you asked her to put on a white dress and walk down the aisle in the first place. That the trouble, friends, is this, is when we forget our why, it becomes easier to give up on the journey. And that's why it's so important for us here to, to do what the Bible says, to understand the power of the Word, to get a Word from God. I can honestly tell you that I know why we're doing Audacious Church. God gave me a Word in 2003. It was a clear Word in a coffee shop in the Hilton Hotel in Sheffield. God gave us a Word. And then two years later, I'm at a cricket game with Pastor Russell Evans and he turns to me, we're at Edgebaston Cricket Ground. He says, I think you and Sophie should go to Manchester and start a church. And I, he said, I think it's God. I said, you may think you're God, but I'm gonna get you a pie. And I remember walking off thinking, this is strange because God's given me a word and now the man of God in our life has given us a word. And then three months later, I'm speaking at a convention in Oxford and in the break, someone comes up to me, somebody who we know and respect very well. He said, Glenn, it was so strange. When, we, when you were speaking, I saw you and Sophie going to Manchester with a team to start a church. Something happens when you get a word. When you get a word, even if you're walking through the valley of a shadow called death, you're not gonna give up because the destination is worth it. Come on, friends, the destination is worth it. Now, I don't know what the destination is for our church fully. I know this, the Bible says in Hebrews 11, they died not yet having received that which they saw. That vexes me greatly. But I do know this, if you don't give up on the journey, 
There is a destination that awaits you. But it all comes back, friends, to what did God say? I don't wanna know what a prophet said. I don't know what, what your spouse said. Don't tell me what a preacher said. Don't tell me what you, what, 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 what your, what your, what, what the, the, you know, your, your, your novel said. I was trying to think of something to say. That's why I was stuttering so much. I wasn't speaking in tongues, Justin. I wanna know, what does God say? Like when you were praying and when you were pressing into God and you came to the altar, you went, God said. Because if God said, if God said, let me tell you some things that happen if God said. If God said, you won't be offended. You won't live offended. You ain't got time to be offended. Because God said. If God said, you'll forgive. If God said, you'll walk in truth and grace. If God said, you'll have a smile on your face. If God said, you won't be a quitter. If God said, you're gonna keep putting one foot in front of another. Because you know, there's a stable of miracles that are awaiting for you because God said. Get a word from God. Come on, nudge your neighbour, say, get a word from God. Get a word from God. This is what the nativity is all about. In the beginning was the Word and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. God's already given you a Word, it's called the Bible. And friends, I want you to know the best place to get a Word is in the Bible. Because there's gonna be some mornings, some days when you're gonna read it and you think, well, that's nice. And then there's gonna be other moments when you read it and something's gonna jump out of Scripture at you and you're gonna find your spirit will leap on the inside and you'll think, oh my gosh, I don't even know what that means, but I sense God speaking. Those moments are worth everything. When you are in the middle of a challenge and you feel like giving up and you're facing hardship, get a word. And if you haven't got a new word, just keep reminding yourself of the old word. I say, okay, God, if you haven't changed your mind, I'm just coming back to you and reminding you of what you said. God, here's what you said. Here's what you said. Like Caleb said to Joshua, now give me what God promised me 45 years ago. Do you have a word? Do you have a word? Come on, I'm saying, do you have a word? Have you got a word for your marriage? Have you got a word for your family? Have you got a word for your kids? Have you got a word for your wayward kids? Have you got a word for your future? Have you got a word for your church? Have you got a word for your season? Because I want you to know that just like Mary and Joseph got a word, the word made the difference. It's not about your feelings, it's about the word. It's not even about what you think, it's about the word. In Jesus' Name. <coughs> Last week I was in Cardiff with our Cardiff campus. And um, our Cardiff campus is, it's like a puppy dog with big feet. We have an amazing venue, the Radisson Blue Hotel, downtown Cardiff, it's amazing. And there was only about 72 or 70 people in the room. But as I was talking to these people in our Cardiff campus, they're amazing. It's almost like they're in church, they actually love God. They're in church, they love church. They're all putting on a shirt. They're all, they're all committed. It's this puppy dog with big feet. And I was thinking about our Cardiff campus pastors, Johnny and Miriam. I've known her for 30 years. Johnny and Miriam and Johnny and Mizza. I remember the day we asked them to think about going to Cardiff to launch Audacious Church Cardiff. It was a Tuesday. We had a staff meeting and 
they came to the staff meeting and then I took them backstage to the green room out the back. I sat with them, I said, hey guys, we've been thinking and praying about Carter for about seven or eight years. Just wondering how you would feel about maybe moving there for a minimum of three years to pioneer and become Cardiff campus pastors. And Miriam's face dropped. She said, Pastor Glenn, we just bought a house. I said, when? She said, we signed the contracts this morning. I said, well, do you wanna go and have a look at Cardiff? They said, well, go and have a look. So a few weeks later, they went down for the weekend and Johnny, if you know Johnny, he's a scouser. He can steal your car like that, but he's also a man of God. So he's a man of God who'll steal your car, but he'll fix it and then return to you, cleaned up better than it was before. And while Johnny, he was walking around Cardiff, he spent two or three days, he, he, he broke, he, he was weeping as he saw not just a beautiful city, but he saw people. He saw people who knew Jesus. And while they were there that weekend, they got a word. You see, the reason they're in Cardiff and they're doing amazing things is not because we asked them to go, but because God gave them a word. Now, here's what's brilliant, is if God gives you the word and you're carrying a word that comes from what God has given, that means that when you act, friends, obediently to God's word, when you have a problem, it's not your problem, it's His problem. Because He's the one who gave you the word. And all you gotta do is go back and say, uh, Houston, God, you got a problem. This is not working according to plan. And all I'm doing is, all I'm doing is, is what you told me to do. Mary and Joseph had a problem. There was no room at the inn. But it wasn't a problem. It's part of the narrative. It, it's a journey to help you understand that in a world where kings are lorded over people and, and they, they have palaces and, and great at the time chariots and a great entourage, not the king of kings and lord of lords, he came to a lowly, lowly stable. To let you know, he's like us. He walked with us. The Bible says that he's not unable to sympathise with everything we've been through. So if you've ever been homeless, Jesus was too. You ever been a refugee? Jesus was too. You've ever been chased by crazy people? Jesus was too. Because he went into Egypt for 12 years, a minimum of 12 years. Through his childhood years, he went into Egypt. I want you to know that you, friends, have a God, the God of the Bible. He's someone who can sympathise and empathise. Have you ever been betrayed? Jesus was too. You ever been hurt and endured pain? Jesus did too. When the Word came, became flesh and dwelt among us. Friend, what you need is a Word. Nudge your neighbour, say all you need is a Word. Come on, nudge your other neighbour, say all you need is a Word. The second thought is this, friends, is I believe God's asking us to choose calling over comfort. Come on, in some places I'd get stoned for saying that. Choose your calling over comfort. Oh, it doesn't feel comfortable. I got a feeling that for Jesus on the cross, it didn't feel comfortable. Didn't feel comfortable at the whipping post. And for Mary and Joseph, the journey didn't feel comfortable. But what they had was a sense of calling, a calling that took them 80 miles, a calling that took them eight days to walk where she is pregnant, a 
Of course, Chip mentioned there's no mention of a donkey, nor does the Bible talk about three wise men, incidentally, everybody. The Bible talks about the wise men who brought gifts, but we don't know if there was three or 33. It's cold, it's wet, they needed provisions, there's wild animals, there's risk of bandits, but they chose calling over comfort. And church, I wanna remind you of something so powerful, and that is that comfort is never the confirmation of your calling. I know it's 2022, and if I would have said this 100 years ago, everyone would have been hooping and hollering because they know it. But in the world that we live in, let me say it again, comfort's not the confirmation of your calling because in life, convenience is not the highest value for a significant life. To be a people, friends, who choose calling over comfort. It's not comfort, comfortable to apologise. It's not comfortable to admit we're wrong. It's not comfortable when we decide to to walk a a route of humility. It's not comfortable to continue to forgive and to continue to forgive, but comfort is not the confirmation of calling. I think again about Johnny and Miriam. That not only did Johnny and Miriam buy a house the morning that we asked them to think and pray about going to Cardiff, where eventually they got a word, which is amazing, But what you have to also understand is that Johnny's mother had just passed away and his father had been recently diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And there was almost that sense where even in talking to Johnny and Miriam, there was a sense of going, gosh, we don't know about the timing. But then we realised that he's the master of timing. So all we could do is just say, hey, Johnny, Miriam, have a think, have a pray. If you say no, No problem, there's gonna be other opportunities as our church continues to grow and expand and as we do mission, but just have a pray and have a think about what you believe God is calling you to do. I talked to Johnny last week. I said, Johnny, uh, how's your dad doing with uh, the Alzheimer's condition that he's had? He said, Glenn, he's doing really amazing, actually. And Johnny keeps driving up from Cardiff up to Liverpool area to, to see his dad regularly, but it's that sense again where we should never choose calling over comfortable, over comfort. And I wonder, friend, in what area maybe of your life have you chosen comfort over calling? In what area of your life have you chosen convenience and ease and put that in your life ahead of calling? Because one thing I can absolutely tell you, friends, is that when you walk with the Lord, there will be challenging times. And the more those challenges come, you know something, the more we can begin to settle and look for convenience and comfort. But friends, I wanna urge you, I'm standing with you and I'm believing, friends, that we will be a people who always put calling ahead of comfort. Just like Jesus did in Jesus' name. And the third thing I wanna share with you, just as the musicians come is this, is the third lesson from Mary and Joseph is this, friends, is let's just make a decision this Christmas. Keep moving forward. Don't stop. Don't stay where you are. The only tragedy of a difficult season is when you stop. The only tragedy of hardship is when you stop and you say, that's it, I'm done, I'm staying here. Because here's one thing I know, time doesn't stop. 
And aging doesn't stop. But sometimes we can stop. We can stop in trauma. We can stop in challenge. We can stop in hardship. Meanwhile, we get older, but we stopped. And I love this about these guys because they refused to stop. They kept moving forward. Hebrews 10, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess because He who promised, God who promised, He is faithful. Philippians 1.6, that He who began a good work, He will carry it on to a day of salvation in Jesus' Name. So friends, all we gotta do day after day is make a decision. Today, I'm gonna keep moving forward. Business, keep moving forward. Mary, keep moving forward. Don't stop, Mary, you got the King's Award. What's next? Who knows? Maybe President Biden's award. Who knows? Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Marriage this week, gonna keep moving forward. My spirituality, gonna keep moving forward. My emotions, gonna keep moving forward. I'm not gonna stay in 2022. I'm not gonna get to the transition service, the New Year's Eve into New Year's Day. New Year's night service. I'm not gonna stay in 2022 because there's so much calling us. There's so much, there's a sense where, where God is saying, you wait, friend, you wait, son, you wait, daughter, for what I've got for you. 10 years ago, Aguero scored a famous goal and I was at the game. I was at the game with um, John Bevere and when that goal went in on the 93rd minute, I burst into tears. Having supported City all my life and been a season ticket holder from the age of 15, I felt so emotional. John Bevere, the author, the preacher, he looks at me, he says, how come the first time I see you cry is in a football game and not in church? And jokingly, I looked at him, I said, you don't understand, this is way more important than church. And he, uh, the humour was lost on him. American, different humour. By the way, Lisa Bevere is coming to Luminous Conference in June. It's gonna be amazing, girls. And I reckon I've watched that game back 20 times, 20 times. But now and again, I, I watch the game back as though I'm God because I'm watching the game in real time. It's a real time motion that I'm seeing and I'm watching Aguero run on the pitch in the two minutes beforehand, up and down, up and down, up and down. And I know that on 93 minutes and 20 seconds, he's gonna score the most famous goal for our football club ever. I know it. He doesn't. And I'm sitting like God sits with you watching saying, don't give up. It, it, it feels like 90 minutes. 91, 92. I'm so glad Aguero on 93 minutes didn't go and sit down and say, that's it, sub me off, I'm done. He, he kept going, 93 minutes and 20 seconds. The rest is history. Hey, let me just say this over your life. 93 minutes and 20 seconds is coming. If you don't give up, if you don't give up, if you make a decision, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep moving forward. And we're gonna pray, friends. Would you all stand to your feet across this place? I, I, I wanna pray for something very specific this morning. John 15, 11, Jesus says this, I have told you this so that my joy 
may be in you and your joy might be complete. Jesus says, I'm speaking all these words and I've come that you might have life to the full. I have told you this so that God Himself may have joy and that He would also complete your joy. And here's what I want you to see. You can have joy on the journey when you walk with Jesus. You can walk, you can, you can have joy. Mary was literally carrying joy. She has joy in her womb. The Bible says in Hebrews that Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy. And so she's in hardship. It's cold, there's threat, there's fear, there's lions and, 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 and wild boar and the threat of bandits and it's freezing cold and yet she's carrying joy. And I want you to know, church, you can have joy when it's a challenging time. You can have joy when things are not perfect. You can have joy because joy is not a thing. Joy is not found essentially in marriage. Hear what I'm saying? Joy is not found in having another child. Joy is not found even in getting a puppy. Joy is found in a person. His name. Come on, His name. His name is is Jesus. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 9. You Jesus have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore God your God has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. Thank you for listening to this audacious podcast. For any more information visit us online audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m.